BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Welcome to the Burn Factory Podcast with Priest and Phoenix Rivera. Listen as the boys interview the biggest names in sports and entertainment. The Burn Factory starts now. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Burn Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Priest, joined by my co-host, my brother, Mr. Phoenix. Say what's up to the camera. What's up, y'all? This is called the Burn Factory for a reason. I was literally caught on fire. 50% chance of living, but through that, I started this podcast because I believe every single person out there on this planet goes through a burn moment somewhere in their life. Yes, you heard priests say burn moment. So a burn moment is a super hard time in someone's life that they had to fight and get through to be where they are today. And me and priests believe that every single person goes through these little burn moments every single day that truly get them to where they are today. But priests, we have a very special guest in the house, <laughs> a true story uh. by making his own path. He's a football Ivy League legend mm. at Columbia University. Mm. He played 10 seasons in the NFL, was an NFL pro bowler, and he worked at ESPN on the NFL Live show, was the co-host of the Sports Nation show on ESPN, and was a co-host on the Speak for Yourself show on Fox Sports 1, and now has a book called Never Shut Up, The Life and Opinions of an Unexpected 
adventures of an NFL outsider and now has his own podcast called the More To It Podcast. So please welcome Marcellus Wiley. Oh man, that's love, boy. Keep going, keep going. It <laughs> keep felt going. good to hear that obituary while I'm still alive, man. Keep going. Phoenix, keep, <laughs> keep it. repeat it one more time. I know, seriously. Oh, appreciate you guys, man. It's yes. so good, brothers. Good to see you guys, man. I've been watching the podcast. Thank seen you. a couple of them and um when I heard the story, uh, it was obvious to me that I wanted to get in front of you guys and just talk through this because uh, the content of your message and just how you guys are really trying to tell people how you can overcome adversity is, is so special and so dear to my heart. So mm -hmm. let's have some fun. Let's talk yes, through sir. it, brother. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yes, it so much. Yes, sir. Yeah, just doing here what we love. We just love talking to people and people have these burn moments that they just got to get through that no one knows about yeah which is I, crazy i mean look first of all i don't know if everyone can see the setup here but y'all burning <laughs> through some money too <laughs> <laughs> nah, in and, all seriousness and, this is the most top level podcast i've ever been on <laughs> and i have a jealous streak in me that motivates me but i'm hella jealous right now looking at all these cameras i'm like step it up wiley when you get home yeah. this is sick. so so blessed to have all this stuff i mean it's yes. it's just it's, it's awesome. a real it's a real team effort like me and him couldn't do this by ourselves oh, like, no. we have a whole team back there that works so hard behind the scenes and we're just we're so thankful for them no nah, for yeah. real a real team talk i'm talking like our nfl team like it's like <laughs> yeah. more people in here than you would see at the super bowl halftime show like i love it man Pre appreciate y'all thank yes, you thanks thank for coming you. on Yes, sir. It. Okay, so I have to ask. You were a bit of a genius. <laughs> we coming in hot. <laughs> we coming in. We coming in hot. Yeah. And so, were you just naturally like smart? Or did you have to work at it? Like for me, like I had a 4.0 in high school, and, but I had to work hard for it. Like I wasn't naturally smart. I couldn't just be like, oh yeah, I got a test tomorrow. Like I had to study. I had to work hard for it. So yeah. was it just easy for you? I won't say easy. Um, I think I made it easy on myself because I was naturally curious. Um, I was just one of those kids. First day of school, I just wanted to run to the front of the class. I wanted to raise my hand. I wanted to know all the answers. So that made it easier, but it was always still a process and it was always still something that was a task. Um, I wouldn't even call myself a genius. Uh, what I am smart at is knowing what I can do what I should do and what I should not do. So I always start off any process by addressing the adversity. So I don't run the 100 meters. I run the 110 hurdles in my mind. I always put the hurdles in front of me and say, okay, this is what I'm going to face. So I, I build into any equation basically the difficulties. I think a lot of times when you start to dream of things, you almost make it a fantasy instead of reality. Now, my dreams have to become reality, so let's be real about my dream, right? Mm -hmm. I know I can't draw. And so, you know, a lot of people say, oh, my God, you can do anything in this world. No, you can't. Stop lying. I can't draw. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, you can play basketball. No, I can't play basketball. I suck. Yeah. So, you know, there are certain things I'm just like, mm, push that to the side. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be a priority in terms of task. But one of the things that I knew I could do was achieve in a classroom. I knew I could get good grades. I knew I could retain information, and I knew that uh, I was a fast kid. I don't know if I was an athlete. I just was seven years old and faster than your uncle. You know, that's who I was. So I, I had a few superpowers. I felt like Batman, you know. He looks at Superman and all the other superheroes like, damn, I can't do all that. Yeah. But I got three things I can do, and I got $5 in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah. I just tried to make lemonade out of everything, and that was my mindset. That's cool. cool. That's you, awesome. I, you're, you're, I'm totally the complete opposite of what you are. 
I was the person that sat in the back of the classroom hoping the teacher wouldn't call on me because I was afraid I was give the wrong answer. <laughs> and not like you guys having 4.0s and 5.0s. I was like a 3.5 yeah. guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> couple couple Bs, but yeah, I passed. Right, right, right. Hey, that's the goal, to pass. Man, well, that's not the goal. That's what you achieved. <laughs> the yeah. goal is to get the 4.0. See, that's the funny thing. <laughs> so where I grew up, uh, everyone would reset the paradigm, reset the goals, right? So the goals for us going to school was just past time to get to the field to play sports or past time in the classroom to actually get to a studio or become an entertainer or a rapper, right? And I was like, dude, I am in class way longer than I am on the football field. I'm in class way longer than you are when you go to the studio. I'm like, why are we wasting those seven, eight hours? So that was my driving force. It wasn't like I was a genius or smarter than anybody. I was just like, I'm not wasting my time. Let's start yeah. there. And the teacher's there for a reason. They're telling me stuff I don't know. Why not retain that? And uh, that's kind of how the snowball started to build. Mm, I see. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So on this podcast, we do use the acronym BURN. So you're kind of leading us into the first one, which okay. is B. B stands for beginning. Yes. So take us back to your, your childhood, high school days, elementary school days. Uh, were there any burn moments that you just had to get through that really catapulted you to where you are today? Man, so many. How long is the podcast? How long are we going today? <laughs> as long as it needs to be. Oh, man. Call me Dante because I grew up in an inferno, brother. It was yeah. just hot. Uh, so many burn moments. Um, my beginnings, I'm from Compton, California. Uh, raised there to the age of five or six. Uh, then we moved to Greener Pastures, South Central L.A. So uh, obviously knowing the ills of both of those communities, um, the gangs, the drugs, the poverty, I think that was the reputation. And um, I, I think it was a, a real reputation. It was deserving because that was a lot of the problems in the neighborhood growing up. I had to navigate before I even got to class, I had to navigate and leaving school. I had to navigate around a lot of drama. Um, but I think the most damaging and damning thing was the low ambition. I just saw so many people aiming lower than I thought that they should. Uh, I, I saw people who had jobs, not careers. I saw people who living on the edge emotionally because they were so distraught, so like beaten down by the world and by their neighborhood. Uh, their greatest aspirations and ambitions have been challenged to a point where they gave up on themselves, it felt like. so. I would do these sociology experiments and I'm seven, eight, nine years old. I'm like, why is this lady so mad at the grocery store? You know, and then why are these dudes outside just waiting for a problem or waiting to beat up somebody? I was like, why is everybody so close to just saying, forget it, I'm about to go there. And I started to realize that, oh, it's because they're not living out their dreams. So instead of judging them, I started to put a responsibility on myself to make sure I gave myself the best chance to live out my dreams. And that kind of kept me in a better spirit than I would say my peers. And it also kept me more ambitious like than my peers. I didn't complain. I didn't look at the circumstances and say, oh, we don't have it as good as them over there. Because I, I start competing against myself. Um, and once that happened, uh, I, I had a different trajectory than everybody else. It wasn't like I was special. I wasn't that kid. I wasn't the kid like, oh, my God, look at Marcellus. It was just... I stayed to myself, I stayed within myself, and I just kept building myself up and competing against myself. And then you finally look up, if you keep getting wins against yourself, you'll find yourself exactly where you wanna be. And that was my journey, a late bloomer, a guy who 
just stayed the course and stayed disciplined on it. So I dealt with so much adversity growing up. Uh, we were poor. Uh, we were on welfare, food stamps. We got paid three times a month, man. The first, the third, and the 15th. The government shook up the neighborhood <laughs> and they're like, here you go. Here's your stimulus check, right? Um, and I just remember never feeling poor, even though I knew I was poor, because I was full of love. My family was there, my mom and dad in the house, raising me, making sure I kept my balance, kept myself focused. And when I went outside, I felt more love on the inside, me personally, more love on the inside, inside my home. So I didn't get challenged by that, that gang culture. I didn't get challenged by the drug dealer. I didn't get enticed by the dude who looked fresh to everybody else. I was like, eh. I saw you running from some pain. Maybe you're running from something more so than acting like where you are is the best place. So I dealt with a lot of burn moments, man, growing up. Uh, you know, you, you name it, yeah. <laughs> you name it, yeah, I've been shot at. Not me personally, but bullets going by me, so it oh, could have been for God. me. Uh, yeah, the navigation was real, man. I, I'm from Compton before N.W.A., before the, the <laughs> movies, before the songs. So everything you heard about, I had to live through it, and it was real. Um, so you obviously grew up in tough parts of town. Did, part. did they ever try to mess with you, the gains and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. And um, I got bullied when I was in the third grade. I think it was third grade. Um, these gangsters. My sister beat up some girl in school um, for good reasons, too. Um, she was trying to mess with me. And my sister was my <laughs> protector, right? I never had to fight because I had an older sister that would whoop your head. Uh, <laughs> and um, she beat up this girl. This girl tried to cut me in line. I didn't care about it. I moved on. I'm not a fighter. My sister is. Uh, she's like, you better not cut my brother. And the girl started talking back. Next thing you know, wop, wop, wop. My sister got hands. She put hands on the girl. <laughs> and I thought that was the end of it, right? Like, yeah. you were in the wrong. My sister was in the wrong for taking it to that level. But, hey. Let bygones be bygones. Um, that girl that got beat up had gangster brothers and uncles, right, oh, in our neighborhood. No. Oh, no. So, yeah, the next day it felt like you were, we were walking home and you see two older dudes at the corner just looking at us. And I was like, oh, this ain't going to be cool. This ain't uh, it. And uh, we tried to walk by him. Actually, my sister tried to walk by him because she's the fighter. I'm, I'm the one that they called the punk. I wanted to run by him. Like, you know, I know where I live. I'm out, right? But my sister had to play it cool, and they just came up to us and started beating us up. And I thought that was the end of it, right? Oh, no. Next day, they're there again. And now I have a dilemma. Uh, do I tell my teachers? Do I tell my parents? Do I tell my family that was in the street life and gangsters, too? And then it's going to just all of a sudden ratchet up, and I don't want that. And I'm like, oh, let's just walk home tomorrow. Maybe they won't be there. They were there, it felt like, for weeks, oh. every day, just beating us up. And then finally, I go to my grandmother's house, and I, uh, she knows me, and she knows how to push my buttons, and she saw me leaking. She saw me not in my same high level of energy and spirit, and she's like, everything okay? And I just broke down and told her what was happening. And she was like, oh, and now this is my grandmother, so yeah. her sons are the street dudes, right? Let's just say the next day I got to school and we were leaving school, didn't see those gangsters anymore. So you put two <laughs> oh. and two together. And um, that was one of the episodes for me growing up. Like, man, because it could have went obviously wrong in so many ways. They could have really beat us up to the point where we were harmed beyond just just the emotional harm, I think. it was The bullying wasn't so bad physically. It was emotionally. It was just terrifying every day to go home. 
Um, it could have got worse. Those two gangsters could have got into it with my uncles and all that, and it could have escalated. So that's just one of the burn moments, man. And uh, I'll probably have five million more. Yeah, that's <laughs> a blessing you did tell your grandmother, though. Yeah. How, how old were you and your sister when this happened? I felt like I was eight, you know. Oh, and, and so you're so, young, young. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you're not thinking properly, even though you think you are. You can't make those type of decisions. And you, when you hear about bullying, um, it's a real thing. And it can affect everybody differently. Um, I didn't go to a dark place mentally, thankfully. Uh, I just was scared. I was just scared. I was scared of my own. I was scared of my neighborhood. I was scared of my own street. I was scared to just go to school and come back. And um, I guess it built up in a weird way uh, some of my determination. Like, we didn't change routes. We didn't go a different way. We didn't, quote, unquote, tap out, even though now looking back, I should have said something the first day, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it just built up a determination that, okay, I can't let somebody else take me off course no matter what they have in store for me. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by The American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, The American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Is I feel, your, oh, go. Oh, I was about to say, I feel like you kind of found yourself during that time. Mm. And, and you talked about, I was actually reading your book and your grandma made you take out the piece of paper yeah. and you'd write down 
like who you are, what you are, what you're worth. And yeah. she said, if anyone doesn't call you, or what she said, if anyone doesn't call you by these names, don't listen to them. Yeah, so man. So you think is that is that kind of where it started for you to just be like, no one's like, no one's gonna affect my life. I have like plans for myself. Say it again, man. It was a huge time in my life. Um, blessing in disguise, if you could say that. Was that, um, let's talk about it. Uh, so I'm getting beat up and my grandmother's like, all right, baby, we got to figure out who you are and your identity. I'm like, what? And she said, go grab a piece of paper. And I learned through this lesson, identity is not just who you are, but who you are not. And I found out who I wasn't. And I wasn't gangster. And I wasn't going to be a drug dealer. And I wasn't going to be a thug. I wasn't going to be any of the things that some people were whispering or yelling that I should have been, Right. So I grabbed this piece of paper. She says, write your name on top. And I was like, all right, Marcellus Vernon Wiley. And then she says, okay, write down three things that you are. I said, okay, I'm athletic. She said, why are you athletic? I was like, because I could beat everybody running my age and people older than me too. She said, all right, write down athletic. She's like, what's next? I said, I'm smart. She said, why are you smart? I said, I get all A's, grandma, and I love to go to school. She's like, all right, you're smart. She said, one more thing. And this one stuck me. And I was like, mm, mm. I said, okay, I'm nice. She said, why are you nice? I was like, because I like everybody. Even those dudes that beat us up, I like them too. And she was like, all right, so you're Marcellus Vernon Wiley. You're smart, you're athletic, and you're nice. Okay, I want you to put that piece of paper under your bed. And if anybody calls you by any of those things on there, your name, you're smart, athletic, and nice, you can listen to them. If they call you anything else outside of that, a punk, sissy, you know, all these kind of things that they were trying to bully me with, don't listen to him, baby. And literally, I swear, in my head, a railroad track appeared. It felt like this is the way to go. And if you didn't encourage me, support me, say things like that, I just knew I was still going to go this way. And I saw you over there, but I wasn't slowing down and stopping for you. And I think for kids today, uh, they really need to do a lesson just as simple as that. Find out who they are. Know their identity. And it's not like you got to have the answer. You got to know more who you're not than who you are. And in that moment, I knew I was three things and I knew I wasn't a lot of other things. Burn moment right there. Boom. That's crazy. If you don't if you don't write those three things down, do you think your life would be completely different? Mm. Absolutely. I'm gangbanging. I'm shooting at people. Let me stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where are you from, cuz? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, of course. Like all these things add up to the gumbo of who you are. You know, you just put them into the pot and keep mixing them up. And it's funny, like, that all the ingredients individually are not always the best of ingredients. Like, getting bullied is not a good ingredient. Just like if you're baking a cake, you ever taste flour by itself? Not good, right? But damn it, it sure turns into something <laughs> that's good, right? Exactly. And that's what I use. I use all of the negativity and all of the bad issues that occurred in my life, and I just put them in a pot. And I always thought of them like flour. I always thought of them. It's not always going to be sugar, but it can come out sweet. So when something came towards me, I, I had to battle. I just had to challenge myself to win that battle. And I'm very competitive in the sense of making sure I don't succumb to circumstances, uh, making sure that no matter what comes my way, that my desires uh, have to be victorious. So uh, I had a different mindset than a lot of my friends who would get beat up by their own thoughts, beat up by the circumstances, beat up by the adversity around us. And I just didn't want that to happen to me because I seen so many talented people that didn't live up to their own dreams and expectations. I was like, 
you got one life to live. Why not go out swinging? And uh, to this day, man, I'm just the guy that's going to always see something. Okay, that's the defense. That's what I have to go against. All right, that's the opponent. All right, it's time. Give me the rock. I'm a score. Maybe not on first down. Maybe not second down. Maybe not this possession. But it's going to be a long game. It's going to be a marathon. And certainly I'm going to get on the point, some points on the scoreboard. Yes, sir. That's, I mean, you just said beginning and burn. Mm -hmm. Crazy beginning from your sister being up people to, Everybody. You guys, Everybody. to you guys being borderline almost killed by people fighting you. But it's time to go to you and burn. Unfortunate. Like myself, I had an unfortunate experience with my teacher doing a science experiment mm. and 50% chance of surviving. I mean, she completely flat out messed up, had no idea what she was doing and changed my life forever after that point. But I'm sure you playing in the NFL or even growing up in those tough areas, there has to be so many unfortunate moments that happened yeah. that got you to where you're at today. Yeah. Um, the first one that jumps in my head is... Uh, my best friend, I was 11 years old, and he lived, we had an apartment building kind of facing each other, and um, he lived right across from me, and we played every day, Hot Wheels, uh, riding our bikes. I had a Huffy. He had a Mongoose, so that's a better bike. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I was we were, say, I don't know those. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Old school, dude. You have no idea. They don't make them anymore. Um, and he was just my... My best friend, but more, he was an angel on earth. Like, I don't remember one time this guy being mean or selfish. Like, he, we playing Hot Wheels. You know, I, I have kids now. Give them, give them one car. They are fighting over that car. Give them two cars. They're fighting over those two cars instead of sharing. You have one, I have one, right? He always was giving of his things to me. He was just an angel on earth. I don't remember one bad thing about him. And then one day, it was like a Friday, and he was supposed to come back. We were supposed to race our bikes as soon as he got home from school, as soon as I got home from school. And this time, he's taking longer and longer and longer. And I'm like, he's supposed to be home by now, right? And um, all of a sudden, we, we have someone at the door telling us that Corby had been hit by a car, and uh, we had to go to the hospital. And at that age, uh, I didn't think it was something that was fatal. I didn't think it was that bad. Getting hit by a car on your bike, I was like, oh man, he's in the hospital, broken arm, broken leg, I was assuming that. But obviously it was much worse than that. I get to the hospital and his family's there, I'm there, I'm his best friend. And I remember the doctors vividly telling me I couldn't see him. Oh. And I was like, why? And they were like, cause you're not family. And, and I couldn't reconcile that. I was like, okay, I'm not family but I'm closer than maybe three other people in his world, like his parents and his sister or something like that. I'm family. And they said, no, you can't see him. And I'm sitting there just shocked. I was like, wow. So I don't know how he is and I can't visually see him. And one doctor tapped me on the shoulder a few minutes later. He's like, come here. He said, your friend's about to leave here and I want you to see him on the helicopter. And I was like, oh, okay. And he took me to a window and they rolled him out. And I saw him laying there with the bandages around him and the red blood stain. And that was the last time I saw him. And the, the craziest thing was like, it wasn't that I knew that he was dead because he was still alive at that time. He passed away the next day. And the craziest thing was I wasn't allowed to say goodbye. 
And that's the lasting image I have of my best friend. And the next day I had to track me. And this is how I was able to compartmentalize and how I was able to still push through that railroad, right? I'm still on the tracks no matter what's coming my way. And um, I did well at the track meet, won all my races. I was really fast at the time. So it didn't disturb me that way. And someone walked up to me. It was like, you okay? Because, you know, you're winning your races. Everybody from the outside doesn't know what's going on. They're like, you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. And someone ran up and said, like, nah, his best friend got hit by a car. He's, he's not okay. Then I get the news he passed away. From that moment on, I've had this weird relationship with, like, the deepest parts of love. Um, I've always wanted to go all the way in, dive into the deep end of just loving everyone. But I've always been challenged because it can end like that. So what I've learned from that moment is, obviously, you got to pour yourself into everything no matter what, even if it's taken away from you, right? Don't be scared to be disappointed. Don't be scared to lose. Um, but I also am always affected by the fact that it could be here today and gone tomorrow. And I literally had to live that out while I was trying to figure out who I was in this world. So um, that is an unfortunate incident, but it's given me such resolve, such character um, that I, I, I like live through that moment. I live through that legacy. It makes you just appreciate life more to the fullest and just treat every day like it's your last. Yeah, every and, day, every moment. Like, not even cliche, like for real. Yeah, like, I am still a guy who's, when I leave the house, I'm like, I kiss my kids, I kiss my wife. And I don't know if everyone's like this, but I am actually mindful that may be my last kiss. Yeah. And it, it feels like, oh, man, that is negative. It feels like, oh, man, that's damaging. But in reality, it gives me such appreciation to not take anything for granted. And I got all that from that moment. It's crazy. Sorry. Yeah. I was, I was going to say it's crazy because life could be going so good for you. And you're like, wow, like I'm living it. And then just one day it's gone forever and just like how I said earlier, it makes you appreciate life more to the fullest. Yeah, man. And I mean, with like with myself, whenever I thought I thought I was gonna be a professional golfer and like I was playing and practicing so hard and then just one day it's done and I came and go out in the sun for a year. Mm. Cause with with a burn because it's like the swelling is so bad and like the surgeries and stuff and they wrap me up and I can't go to the sun, for, go into the sun for a year because they don't want me to get skin cancer and like that can lead to other stuff and other stuff. And it's just like, you know what? I will appreciate the small things in life. Say it again, man. I always tell my kids that I coach right now. I say, if you want to do it big, do all the little things, you know? And if you want to have this big life and big goals accomplished, you got to do all the little things, including appreciate all those little things. Just don't take them for granted. And I, I've learned that. And football taught me so much. That moment taught me so much. Like, you could be the man this year. Mess around and just think that you're that guy forever instead of, like, always trying to work on who that is and trying to improve. It'll be taken away from you like that. You could be the man on this play. Oh, my God, look at that sack. Oh, my God, he got Tom Brady. And the next play, you get pancaked. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, God dang, what just happened that fast? So, I just got humbled. <laughs> right, exactly. And I swear life is just like that balancing act. It's that seesaw. And I always try to make sure I appreciate it. 
sure. I feel like you need those experiences though to really appreciate it. Like if you don't have any of these like losses or tragic events in your life, you really don't see that life can literally be taken just 100%. like that. Yeah, I like, wish, I wish, man. I, I wish I lived that fairy tale and I wish somebody can to tell me that I'm wrong. But yeah, you're right. You got to go through the roller coaster ride to really enjoy this thing. And right? it makes you stronger as a person. That's, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. it's, whew. I mean, you just remember all the people that have tried to do the same thing you have, especially football. It's kind of easy to quantify it. Um, you know that they only draft, what, 200, 300 guys every year, and you know there are a million-plus football players in high school. You can just drive down one city block and see two, three different schools practicing at the same time. That's already enough for the entire draft, and you're like, yeah. that's just one block in one city. And you just realize that, wow, you accomplished what so many people have raised their hand to try and do. And I use that more than just a pat on the back and a stroke of the ego, but like, wow, you can make your dreams a reality no matter what they are, no matter what adversity you face. Because my road wasn't smooth and it wasn't paved. Um, I had to grind, I had to compete, I had to work, I had to persevere. But you can overcome it no matter what those obstacles are. I feel like people, like you talk about the railroad track and the train and, and you always said like, you, no matter what, you kept going, like you, you just passed by them. But I feel like so many times, their train derailed mm. because of these moments like, oh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not good enough. I, I can't be that person, but you always got to keep going, man. Yeah, you really do. You really do. You know, I heard someone say this. Um, he said, your, your thoughts are not you. You are your thoughts. And it, it made me think like, wow. Cause just imagine what you just said lived out. It's like you get into a thought chamber about who you are, right? And you start to tell yourself either great things or bad things. And since no one is there to check it, and if you don't have that internal fortitude and you don't have that inner discipline, it will go unchecked, right? So the ego, like, I'm, I'm killing them out here. Every time I go out there, I get a sack. Every time I'm out there, I'm the man. You can get out of control with that. Next thing you know, maybe you're not working as hard. Maybe you think it's just gonna come to you. Or the opposite, which we call, you know, doubt. Uh, and you all of a sudden start telling yourself bad things. Oh, man, I'm not feeling good. Oh, man, this dude just blocked me. Oh, man, we're down 10 points. And next thing you know, you're spiraling out of control towards the negative. So it's always that balancing act between, like, chaos and order. And you just got to have make, make sure that you keep that proper balance. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Stay even kill with this. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new infinity qx80 is unlike any luxury suv you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. This portion of the Burn Factory podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Salon Suites. Please visit Phoenix Salon Suites at P-H-E-N-I-X Salons, S-A-L-O-N, Suites, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com to find one near you. How did you keep it? Like, I mean, because you talk about you're playing in the NFL, like the pressure and and all the, the little voices in your head. Oh, you're not good enough, like stuff like that. How did you battle through those? Yeah, um... I always keep like the end in mind um, in terms of what do I really want out of this? So you go into every game, you want to win the game and you want to play well, right? And I always keep that in mind because I know that's going to get challenged. I don't walk, once again, I always build in the difficulties of every equation before I even go on that journey. And if you don't, you'll be surprised. And then all of a sudden you're not prepared because you're surprised. You shouldn't be surprised. Like, when you think you're going to walk out there and score every time you get the ball? Like, <laughs> and I use that as a microcosm of life. Like, okay, I, wanna, I want to have a podcast. Well, first you got to find the proper team. And then I'll say, okay, I got the proper team, but one person maybe not fitting in like everyone else. Okay, we got to get our equipment. Maybe one of these cameras or mics is not exactly perfect, right? You're like, you just got to keep going at it. And I think in this world, we're told that the most successful people are the most talented or the ones that work the hardest. And I always challenge that. I'm like, nah, it's the ones that persevere. It's the one that gets up one more time, who doesn't lose enthusiasm between his losses, right? And that's what it's about. Like, no matter what I'm trying to achieve, if it's my greater passion and a goal of mine, can't give up on it. That's it. And so I think what I've done um, is endured more than my friends and my peers, the ones that found themselves challenged and didn't attain their dreams. Uh, it wasn't like I was better. It wasn't like I was smarter, more athletic. Dude, I can list 10 dudes right now that were better than me in football growing up. States Bozeman is number one always. Got to get his name out there. This dude is the best athlete I've ever seen, but he didn't play pro. Um, he played basketball. He chose that. Number one in high school in Football and number two in high school in basketball. He was insane. But it's about perseverance because he had more talent than me. 
Um, it's about just continuing on that path. So what I always re remembered was don't get off. And if you get derailed, get back on, you know, fix that damn train and get back on the tracks. And that's all you have to do. So it's just a lot of internal work that needs to happen before you could ever make anything happen on the outside. And it's the one who wants it the more. Yeah. Or who wants it more. And well, I, I can't even say that. You know why? I have lost a many of battles, whether it's in sports or in life, wanting it more than I'm sure somebody else. Like, you know, it, it, it's not cliche. It's just something that you think is a part of the ultimate success. It's like you want it more. Two teams in a championship game want it both the most. Like, they're, I want it, you want it. But one is more prepared for the obstacles. One has a better plan B. Because when you get in high stakes poker in life, no matter what it is, you got to go to plan B because I'm going to take away your strength. I'm going to take away the best thing you do, right? Now what are you going to do? And if you haven't prepared for that moment or you can't react in the moment and keep yourself going, you lose. But it's not because you don't want it. It's because in this moment, you probably weren't prepared for this pivot. Yeah. Mm. You didn't do this, the little things. Yeah. Little things. Little things. Including. All right. I'll give you a simple example. You write a paper. You got to turn in a five-page paper tomorrow. Priest, all right. Priest going to wait to the last moment to do it. Just like, Maybe. Just like, just like all of us, all of us right? Yeah. We're going to get it done. You don't get anything done until there's a deadline, right? And then you're doing it. And this is what I learned the hard way. Write that paper, and you're struggling, like, at four and a half pages. Like, damn it. I got to fluff this. I gotta, yeah. Yes, I got to get to five, right? Ah, I got to five. Whew. All right. And I used to do this. Then I turn in the paper the next day. Did I proofread it? No. No. Did I take time away from it? Put the paper down, go away, come back. Let me check for it. And when I finally got challenged by my teachers, like, proofread it. Marcel's the content's amazing. But I could tell you just rush through it. And they said, take time away from it. Look at it. Spin it. Turn it around. And then challenge yourself to read it again. And when I started doing that, I would find my own mistakes before I even turned it in so she can find my mistakes. How many times in life is there a task for you that all you do is just do it? Or you just walk into it, rush, wait for the end, wait right before it's due and just do it. And if you just challenge yourself to say, wait a minute, my goal is this. I got to continue always to look at it and proofread it and correct it. Then you'll find yourself in a better place. You'll turn in better work. That doesn't mean you got better. You're not a better student for that. This is a smarter student who's making sure he's taking care of himself. Yeah, little, little things. The little things will will really get you to where you are today. But that's going to do it for you, unfortunate, losing your best friend. Like, mm. I, I couldn't even imagine. Mm. We went through tragedy ourselves, but, like, actually losing a life, that's that's got to be hard. But I feel like that bare moment really got you to where you are today. Yeah. But we got to move in, move on to R. R stands for ridiculous. <laughs> so, <laughs> 10 seasons in uh -oh. the NFL. He uh -oh. chuckled. All the <laughs> that part. How ridiculous do you want to get, brother? <laughs> all the way. Turn it up to 10. But, oh, man. I mean, all, all the traveling, all the fans, all the pictures, all the photos, like... Were there any ridiculous burn moments that you could share with us? Yeah, let me start with the first one. Okay, so I grew up. I'm a John Elway fan. You guys heard of him? Right? Oh, okay, yeah, good. Of course. Okay. I'm Growing not up that in old. Colorado. Yeah, oh, in there Colorado. it is. Yeah. Boom. Oh man, <laughs> talking about the man. That's the governor, if not the mayor of Denver for sure. <laughs> um, John Elway, Eric Dickerson. 
I was a running back, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to be Eric Dickerson, and I'm fast and tall and skinny at that time. Uh, so I wanted to be John Elway because he could just throw the ball end zone to end zone. I was like, oh, I love this dude. Uh, I remember coming home, like, it felt like 11th grade. Mom, can I get a John Elway jersey? What? And I was like, damn. Every time I heard that what, that quick what, that means don't even try. <laughs> but I was like, all right, mama, can I get the John Elway jersey? How much? And I was like, I think it was like $60 at Foot Locker or something. She's like, hell no. And I was like, all right. Kind of knew that was coming. I could tell by your what. Uh, so just move on. It's another thing I can't get. Whatever. I wasn't that kid. So there are kids in that moment that all of a sudden they get thirsty. I got to have that jersey. Right? So some of them, in a good way, they go start selling lemonade or candy or whatever it may be. Right? To get, get the money to do it. I wasn't that kid. I didn't give a damn that much. <laughs> um, there are some kids that actually do some bad things to go get that money. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle, come here. How can I get $60? Oh, I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up, nephew. And steal it or whatever. Right? I wasn't that kid. I was this kid. Okay, I took it away. One day I'm going to become somebody and mama, I buy my own damn jersey, right? <laughs> and that somebody turned into an NFL rookie. First game ever in the NFL. Buffalo Bills, the team I was drafted to, traveling to Denver, Mile High Stadium, right? Get off the plane. I'm like, wow, this is real. I can't breathe. It's high altitude. <laughs> yes. oh, oh, it's, oh, it's the awful. Head, the headaches. Yo, oh. I was like, yo, I thought it was just like some folklore, some fable. I was like, I was like how am I play tomorrow? <laughs> I was like, all right, we figure it out. Um, get on the field. Uh, and we're warming up. So if you visualize a, a football field, one team has that 50 and other team has this 50 and our backs are to each other, right? So I'm not starting. I'm a rookie and I'm watching Bruce Smith and I'm watching our, our defense go out there. And I'm like at the 50-yard line. And I'm like, you know what you should do? Turn around and look at them. And it really was just to find John Elway. Like, where's John Elway yeah, right now? Like, yeah. You're on the field with John Elway. Find John Elway. Now, you got to have this fake focus a lot of times in sports, right? The guys on the bench got to be like, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Really, they in their head like, yo, you see that girl on the third row, man? What's up? What it do? Right? You got a fake focus. If not, coach is going to check the film and look at you. You're not into it? You know, so I'm like fake focus watching Bruce. Ooh, good move. Okay. Where's John Elway? Let me turn around. So I'm imagining when I turn around, he's going to be somewhere way away, and I'm just going to have this moment and be like, wow, that was dope. Didn't happen that way. I turn around, and guess who's three feet, if not closer, to me? Seven, Elway. And I was like, ah. And it wasn't a Foot Locker jersey. This was the real one, mama. Yeah, yeah take that. <laughs> and I was like, that is the John Elway right there. Play the game. I ain't touch him. I ain't sack him. I ain't do a damn thing. That was as close <laughs> as I got to John Elway in pregame. Because during the game, I didn't do a damn thing. But I say that because... That's ridiculous. Like, I used to be the kid throwing a football up at the ceiling, the popcorn ceiling in our apartment. So it was snowfall yeah, was every like time, awesome. right? Yeah. And I used to just dream about making it. I, I, my dream was twofold, become a school teacher or NFL football player. And I used to just dream about it. And then obviously my dreams were focused on being John Elway or being Eric Dickerson. And then the first NFL experience and moment I have is being on the field with my actual dream, my favorite player. So I tell that story to everyone because I want them to realize how ridiculous a dream may sound, may feel in the moment, but how real it can become. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Um, 
growing so growing up going into football like was the nfl the ultimate goal or was it just kind of a thing that kind of like grew and grew and grew and you're like oh hold up maybe i can i can make it <laughs> yeah I, I would say the latter I, I i wasn't like the stereotype like you know in the hood everybody want to go to the league i was like yeah. and in part because everybody wanted to go to the league i was like well if all y'all want to go somebody ain't <laughs> like let me prepare for just in case so i always wanted a high safety net i knew too many good football players better than me who didn't make it so i wasn't foolish enough to just put all my eggs in that basket so I always had that balancing act. I always took care of my school and my studies and made sure I was challenging myself as much academically as I was athletically. So I never got out of balance. Like, oh, my God, I'm the man in football. I'll forget school. I was like, nope, can't forget school. And when I had an opportunity to choose colleges, I had a lot of football factories after me, right? Then I had Columbia after me as well. And certainly choosing Columbia wasn't the best thing for my NFL <laughs> career if I was going to make it to the NFL. But uh, I wanted that high safety net. I didn't want to go back to the neighborhood saying, oh, man, you know what happened? I didn't want that. And I'd seen it time and time again. You're an injury away, right? I lost my best friend like that. So I'm a guy that knows any given Sunday it can go away for you, right? So I just gave myself the best reputation in terms of academics and athletics but I wanted to go to the league but I wasn't stupid enough to think that it was going to actually happen witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. But yeah. you led Columbia to its best record since 1945 at 8-2. and two. Say it again and say it louder. <laughs> Put the camera, look into the <laughs> Led Columbia yeah, to its yeah. best record right. since 1945. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, man. That's I, love. I couldn't imagine. How hard was it to balance, like, studies at Columbia mm. and football? Like, mm. that's got to be tough. Bruh, uh, is there another word that's harder than tough? Like it was, <laughs> it was hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, because they don't give you, they don't give you any. They give you support. They just don't cut corners. They just don't give you like a lighter load because you're playing football. They didn't care. They're like, you're gonna play football, hundred percent. You're gonna be a student at Columbia, hundred percent. So you have two hundred percent. Not like some of the football factories. I hear stories of guys who yeah. actually. Um, Got a little lighter load academically. Oh, you know he has the game. Oh, you know he has to practice. Oh, you know he has to travel. At oh, Columbia? Oh, no, no. That's oh, the big yeah, schools. This is, yeah. yeah, the big I schools. Imagine, like, it's a little bit different in terms of the leveling. But Columbia, 100, 100. We don't give a damn. Yeah. So it was really tough. Um, the best part about Columbia was, one, people were as competitive in the classroom as I, I was used to people being competitive on the field. Like they, I knew a dude who would take a nap before every class, right? He would take a nap, wake up, put on a suit <laughs> and go to class. I was like, where are you going? After class. He's like, what do you mean? I'm going back home. Probably go to study and sleep again, right? All he did was get ready. He got geared up. He got geeked up for class. <laughs> like, what is this dude? Oh and, and that was just the norm. Um, guys that were really challenging themselves to just be great students. And the other thing that I loved about Columbia was, no one was thinking to use their body to make it. And I love that because it was refreshing. Like no one was thinking that, oh, man, I'm going to play sports. And then it was all between the ears. I know I'm going to make it. I know I'm going to climb this mountain. And there are a lot of different paths. But I'm going to use my brain over my body. And that was just good to see because everywhere growing up, it was just the opposite. It was just a flip. What was the burn moment choosing Columbia over going to these top schools you had? It was tough. It was challenging because my friends didn't support it. And, you know, I'm 17 at the time, so you can act like your friends don't matter in their opinions, but it does, right? Yeah. So the toughest part was actually just locking in. My mom didn't even want me to go to Columbia. She was like, that's too damn far. Really? I was like, Mommy, do you have any other reasons? <laughs> she was like, no, that's it. It's just too far. And I was like, it's a great school. She didn't even want to go there. So that was challenging. Uh, what else was challenging was the fact that my friends kept clowning me like, oh, you ain't going pro now. Damn, you're going to that sorry-ass football school. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, I could be a big fish in a little pond. Yeah. Man, whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I could make it. It's like, dude, where are you going to school? And I had one friend. This was the funniest. I was like, I'm thinking about going to Columbia. He's like, you're going to school in South America? I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we got That's something I would say. That is something I would say. <laughs> that is something he would say. So like, where? Yeah, man. Uh, what made me make the decision was simple. I told my guidance counselor at the time, all the schools that were interested in me. And she was like, yes, 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 yes. Oh, that's amazing. Great experience. Oh, go Marcellus, go. <laughs> and then I mentioned Columbia and she said, 
and her reaction was different. And she said, Marcellus, I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but go to Columbia. And I was like, really? And I was like, why? She's like, I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but it's gonna really help you out in the long run. So uh, it was an easy decision for me. Uh, once I kind of put everything together, stop being a 17 year old and start being the 30 to 40 year old who, which diploma did I want hanging up? And what gave me an opportunity to still go and live out my dreams and make it to the NFL and Columbia, even though it was tougher, uh, still gave me that opportunity. Yeah. I, there was a, a quote in your book that you talked about how <clears throat> when you were younger, you, you went into the kitchen and your mom was on your phone and then you go to your sister. Oh. She was on the phone oh. and you talked about how everyone around oh. you was a talker and you didn't want to be a talker. So where did that mentality kind of kind of come from? Yeah, man, I, I still am like post-traumatic stress when I see somebody on the phone around me and it's the worst and I, I shouldn't be this way. I need to get healed. I, I need healing in this because my family was like, they get off work, uh, come home from school and they just jump on the phone and talk about their day. And, and I'm like, all right, talk about your goals. Talk about your dreams. Talk about something else. They just gossiping. Did you see Louise? What's she wearing? This <laughs> I'm like, all right, anything else? And they were like, just gossiping. And I was like, man, come on, get off the phone. Let's do something. Let's not talk about it, be about it. And I used to just judge. And I used the phone kind of like something that tells me, don't just talk. Don't just be about talk. You know, a lot of times you can waste your 24 hours in a day laterally because you're just planning. You're just talking about it. You're just talking about people, right? Instead of talking about what you really want. What is your, where are your goals? What, what are your greatest ambitions? So I hated that growing up and it really challenged me to not be just a talker. Then I literally have a career in talking. <laughs> <laughs> now no, that's all we do too. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was just funny. I, 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 I really misjudged a lot of my family because they just wanted to release from the day and just be normal, right? Socialize. And I was sitting there like game planning every time. No, 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 no. Not time for us to be sitting here fluffing and talking about Luis's dress. It's time for <laughs> us to just game plan. How are we getting out the hood? Yeah. And uh, I guess I was the mad scientist that had to come up with that game plan. Uh, that's crazy. All right, Marcellus, we've been on R. It's time to go to N and yes. burn. Mm -hmm. It's two parts. Mm -hmm. Now... And next, are there any burn moments now or are there any burn moments coming up? Oh, oh, well, there's a burn <laughs> moment now. Um, I, I, leaving Fox, I think, is a burn moment for for me and a lot of people. Uh, and I can't ever pay it justice in terms of articulating why, because there are so many reasons, so many levels and layers to it. But in short... I've always chased my goals and my dreams, right? And my goal in life and dream in life wasn't to talk sports surface level, you know? It wasn't just to be an ice skater in sports. Like, okay, Dak Prescott, okay, Cowboys, okay, yeah. LeBron. Oh, who's going to win? Just like, the headlines. Yeah, and just results. Like, who, who's a better? Who, who's better? Who's the gold? And, like, I was like, your story, our story, um... The process, how do you get to become that person that we're talking about just on the surface level? I was much more invested in that. That was who I was. Remember, I'm a football player or a school teacher. So I love to grab a person at the fork in the road and um, help them out and talk through that and go through that process with them. So after being in the business for 20 years and then just realizing I was going to just do more of the same, I was like, it's time to go chase your dreams. And 
really challenge yourself to do it. Now, the tough thing is you get paid a lot of money to be up in there. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's cake, y'all. Yeah. It was fluffy. Uh, but someone told me in the process when I was really like, I'm going to bet on myself and just do it my way, that they were like, okay, I'm glad that you're not going to stay in that velvet coffin, they call it. And I was like, velvet coffin? It was like, yeah, you're fluffed up. You're, you're, you're feeling good and comfortable and nice, but you're dead on the inside, right? You're not really loving that. And my friends, one by one, all of a sudden start popping up and telling me stories of when I first got into broadcasting that I told them I wanted to be Larry King. And I was like, really? And they were like, nah, they, they told me how you, you like want to be Dr. Phil. And I was like, really? I told all you guys all this during the road, but I just turned into like a baby version of Stephen A. I was like, really? <laughs> like which is no diss. It's just like, that ain't me. I wanted yeah. to do this. And I'm just getting fluffed up stuff like a turkey up here. <laughs> and I was like, man, I got to chase my dreams, chase my goals. There are too many people to help. Too many real conversations, I think, that uh, are to be had with people that really want to have them. And I think even athletes want to have this discussion. And I know the audience is ripe for it. So the burn moment was that. The burn moment that's next is putting it all together, continue to, to talk through the podcast, original content, in deeper form. Uh, and so far, it's been so rewarding, not only in terms of fulfillment, but also in the returns. Like, yeah. Wow. I'm gonna mess around and make more money doing it this way. It's crazy, <laughs> and right? It's, and it's what you love. You're not. Yeah. You're not just following this hamster wheel of talking about Lamar Jackson for the last two weeks, like oh. stuff like that. It's oh, like, come on, yeah. like tell tell it how it is. Tell us the stuff that we want to hear. Yeah, for real. And it's funny because now you know those are all my friends, and I watch them, and I'm sitting there just giggling on the inside. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, trade deadline. <laughs> you know, franchise, oh, franchise tag. tag. Yep. Oh, yeah, and they have to do it, and I had to do it for 20 years, and now. The yes. same person or the same topic, oh, I could take it wherever I want to. Yeah. And to me, that's so fulfilling. Do you think a lot more people are going to kind of follow you and kind of venture off and do their own thing too? Or are they too mm. stuffed? As a <laughs> <laughs> All right. That velvet coffin does feel good. Don't, don't yeah. get it twisted. Um, yeah, they're going to follow me because I'm following someone else. You know, I'm following the guys, uh, Joe Rogan, uh, Pat McAfee, et cetera. You know, I'm watching those guys. And like I told you, I get jealous. And I love it because – it just motivates me. I'm like, I'm not jealous. I'm like, I'm going to pull you down. I'm jealous like, oh, I got to get up there, right? I'm like, I got to get there. Yeah. And I'm so competitive that I won't stop until I get there. And I'm like issuing that challenge to everybody. Come get it. I used to speak at panels all the time and cats wanted to be me, they said. They were like, oh, I want to be a sports reporter. I want to be a broadcaster. And I used to always give them as much information and as many jewels as I could. And I said, and I will always end like this. Now, go go out there and come take my job. Like, I want you to come get this because guess what? I'm coming to get that. Yeah. And that's just what I do. And it's so fun. I, I go downstairs in my home and my basement. Not even half of this. Uh, I'm still <laughs> jealous of you guys. But uh, I go in my, uh, my home studio and I just plow out work. Yeah. And it's just I would do it 25 hours a day. Like, the day's not long enough. I just love doing it. And then just chasing these kids around, man, being a coach and being a chauffeur. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now you got the little youngins trying to follow your footsteps. Yeah, man. A two-year-old, a four-year-old, a seven-year-old, and then my daughter that's 24. She's at Columbia Grad School graduating oh, in May. Oh, wow. Loving life. Yeah. Congrats to her. Yeah. She's a beast. She's after it. She's such a good person. That's why I'm so proud of her. It's like, yeah, she's smart. Yeah, she's beautiful. 
she is. She's a great person. Uh, she's just a good person, high character, and I yeah. love that. Then the little ones, man, you, you know, I'm going to just support them wherever they want to go. And um, so far, so special, especially my little boy. He, he, he loves football more than me, which is scary. And I'm like, <laughs> it, it, it skipped a generation because my dad is that way. My dad loves football. My dad talks about football no matter what the conversation is. I'm like, Dad, I'm about to go on a podcast. Oh, yeah, it's a football podcast? No, <laughs> the Burn Factory. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Are they talking about how you burned it up when you were playing? I was like, no, Daddy. <laughs> then after that, we're going to go to a comedy show. Oh, does he like football, the comedian? I was like, damn, Daddy. <laughs> and so now my son has that bug. Yeah. I didn't have that bug. I just was like, look, let me just try and do the best I can at whatever I do. So my son literally come in the house. Now, March. Daddy, is there any football on? I'm like, dude, what the hell? Yeah, XFL. Yeah, exactly. And he XFL. calls that preseason football. I'm like, that's cold. Like, everything's not the NFL. He's like, Daddy, I want to watch more preseason. I was like, it's not preseason. It's yeah. XFL. So yeah. I just love it, man. It's, it's fun every day. New challenges, new ways to do it. Make that's sure awesome. they do what they love. There it is. Now we're talking, right? Do Chase the simple that things. Yes. You want to do it big? Yes. You got to do the little things. Be greater than your greatest excuse. That's what I teach my kids. Damn it. I don't want to hear it. Wait, what is it? Be greater than your greatest excuse. Yeah, because we all got one. I'm going to go home and write that on my mirror. Hey, see, see, there you <laughs> I'll, go. I'll, I can write it. I can write, I'll go write it in my notebook out there. And proofread it. And proofread it. <laughs> That's a must. <laughs> well, Marcellus, you just spelled burn. Mm. Crazy, inspirational story. Very inspiring from yes. lose, losing one of your best friends yeah. to pulling that deep <laughs> dog out of you yeah. and just catapulting your life from there and as a gift for coming on the podcast we will be giving you the burn factory black label edition hoodie oh, look at me. <laughs> only keep in mind only guests get these oh hoodies. sick sick yeah. sick so they're gonna so, know me in these streets <laughs> yes, oh you've been on burn course. factory yes, so we're giving you the, the burn factory black oh, label look edition at that. you know the color hoodies. of the villains in black oh, <laughs> the streets gonna know so, i've been on the burn you're gonna, you're gonna have to wear that on your next your next podcast episode <laughs> i will too and then send us you send us some of your gear and we'll do the same what oh. gear <laughs> i told you i'm jealous <laughs> no man i'll hook you guys up for sure this is dope man tell the audience where they can find you instagram your podcast mm. give, give it all to them yeah i don't want y'all to find me for real like don't come <laughs> up my house like chill out no no uh you can find me marcellus swally on all socials uh and you can find me man everywhere you guys are looking in terms of sports content life content cultural content just trying to help people out man that's who i am i'm built for that so follow me on socials you guys know i engage back so I got my, my Kevin Durant burner accounts too. So, you know, I'm, I'm the one that's like, Marcellus is amazing. Yeah. That's my burner accounts. And then, and then to my real accounts, I'm the one that actually asks, answers all the questions from mm -hmm. people. Just love cool. life, man, and just trying to keep it going. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much, Marcellus. It was amazing. So being on the show, you're such an inspiration to us. And I'm going to go write that quote. Yes, yes, please <laughs> do, Me too, and proofread it. That's what I needed to do. <laughs> but you heard the man. Go give him some love. And always, please visit my foundation at priestjamesfoundation.org. Again, priestjamesfoundation.org to understand why this is called The Burn Factory. We'll see you guys for the next episode. Peace. All right, guys. Marcellus Wiley, NFL player. Just the champ is here. <laughs> I love it. I the love champ it. is here. Just <laughs> felt like burn. He just felt burn in his right. life, and, and he called himself the champ. So now he has to call out someone. Who are you calling out? Oh, I'm calling you out.
Balboa. Now let me stop. Terrell Owens, T.O., the best receiver to ever play. The best receiver to ever play. T.O., get your butt on the firm factory. Stop playing with me, big dog. Come on, T.O., let's go. I know you want this belt. Come get it. Where my sister at? I can't fight. I love it. Come on the podcast. Let's go. Let's do it, brother. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.